0: Welcome to the Stony
1: Plain Alliance Church podcast. We are a community that is about discovering fullness of life for everyone by practicing the way of Jesus together.
0: Amen. We are now going to read the scriptures together. We're going to do two readings this morning. First, Shalina is going to read from one translation in the NIV, and then Ben is going to read from the message. In between, we're going to have opportunity to pause and reflect. I hope you got one of the pages as you came in. If you're online. Uh, just have the scripture before you, and we're going to work through some questions together, but this is also your chance uh, to be responsive uh, to what's happening in the scripture. So Shalina, for our first reading.
1: Ben's going to do the NIV
0: first. Oh, so I got it completely backwards. Yeah, that's all right. That yeah. happens constantly it's, it's in all my bad, life. Wade. Notice how well the team took that. They're like, oh, Wade's doing it again. He's doing the reverse backwards thing. So <laughs> anyways, go ahead, Ben. Thanks. It's all good. Okay.
2: <clears throat> now there is a Pharisee, a man named Nicodemus, who was a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know that you're a teacher who has come from God, for no one could perform the signs you're doing if God were not with him. Jesus replied, Very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they are born again. How can someone be born again when they are old? Nicodemus asked. Surely they cannot enter a second time into their mother's womb to be born. Jesus answered, Very truly I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born of water and the Spirit. Flesh gives birth to flesh, but the Spirit gives birth to Spirit. You should not be surprised at my saying, you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it pleases. You hear its sound, but you cannot tell where it comes from or where it is going. So it is with everyone born of the Spirit. How can this be? Nicodemus asked. You are Israel's teacher, said Jesus, and do you not understand these things? Very truly I tell you, we speak of what we know, and we testify to what we have seen. But still you people do not accept our testimony. I have spoken to you of earthly things, and you do not believe. How then will you believe if I speak of heavenly things? No one has ever gone into heaven except the one who came from heaven, the Son of Man. Just as Moses lifted up the snake in the wilderness, so the Son of Man must be lifted up, that everyone who believes may have eternal life in him. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life." For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already, because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. This is a verdict. Light has come into the world, but people love darkness instead of light, because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear that their deeds will be exposed. Whatever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly in what they have done has been done in the sight of God.
1: Let's just take a moment to sit with that reading. And as you came in, you probably got a sheet of paper and it has some questions. So just jot down some of the thoughts that came to mind through that reading. We'll give you a moment with that. Now as you keep those questions in your mind, I'm actually going to invite you to close your eyes as I read the message, uh, this passage of the message. It's lengthy. I invite you to just, um, yeah, receive from this reading. There was a man of the Pharisee sect, Nicodemus, a prominent leader among the Jews. Late one night, he visited Jesus and said, Rabbi, We all know you're a teacher straight from God. No one could do all the God-pointing, God-revealing acts you do if God weren't in on it. Jesus said, you're absolutely right. Take it from me. Unless a person is born from above, it's not possible to see what I'm pointing to, to God's kingdom. How can anyone, said Nicodemus, be born who has already been born and grown up? You can't re-enter your mother's womb and be born again. What are you saying with this born from above talk? Jesus said, you're not listening. Let me say it again. Unless a person submits to this original creation, the wind hovering over the water creation, the invisible moving the visible, a baptism into new life, it's not possible to enter God's kingdom. When you look at a baby, it's just that, a body you can look at and touch, but the person who takes shape within is formed by something you can't see and touch, the spirit, and becomes a living spirit. So don't be surprised when I tell you you have to be born from above, out of this world, so to speak. You know well enough how the wind blows this way and that, you hear it rustling through the trees, but you have no idea where it comes from or where it's headed next. That's the way it is with everyone born from above by the wind of God, the Spirit of God. Nicodemus asked, What do you mean by this? How does this happen? Jesus said, You're a respected teacher of Israel and you don't know these basics? Listen carefully. I'm speaking sober truth to you. I speak only of what I know by experience. I give witness only to what I have seen with my own eyes. There is nothing secondhand here, no hearsay. Yet, instead of facing the evidence and accepting it, you procrastinate with questions. If I tell you things that are plain as the hand before your face and you don't believe me, what use is there in telling you of things you can't see, the things of God? No one has ever gone up into the presence of God except the one who came down from that presence, the Son of Man. In the same way that Moses lifted the serpent in the desert so people could have something to see and then believe, it is necessary for the Son of Man to be lifted up. And everyone who looks up up to him, trusting and expectant, will gain a real life, eternal life, This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in him is acquitted. Anyone who refuses to trust in him has long since been under the death sentence without knowing it. And why? Because of that person's failure to believe in the one-of-a-kind Son of God when introduced to him. This is the crisis we're in. God-light streamed into the world, but men and women everywhere ran for the darkness They went for the darkness because they were not really interested in pleasing God. Everyone who makes a practice of doing evil, addicted to denial and illusion, hates God light and won't come near it, fearing a painful exposure. But anyone working and living in truth and reality welcomes God light, so the work can be seen for the God work it is.
0: Amen. This is the word of the Lord. So there's a little bit in those few verses for us to think about and ponder about and wonder about. Uh, it's so interesting in the Gospel of John. John writes so differently than other Gospel writers. And this particular uh, interaction is so is really very unique to John. But as we come to, we want to w- walk through those questions and see what God has been saying to us, even just this morning or through the week. And so for Ben, Shalina, let's start here. Uh, what really stood out to you is... As the text was read a couple of times, maybe a, a theme, an idea, a verse, a phrase, a picture, what was it that emerged as the thing that the Holy Spirit was saying? Hey, pay attention to that. What about for you, Ben?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, uh, one big thing that stuck out was actually the the scene and the setting. So um, the word that stuck out to me as I was reading this, it says, uh, uh, he came to Jesus at night, um, which I thought was interesting, because if of Jesus' office hours, business hours, it's probably 9 to 5, not... Nighttime, <laughs> um, I would assume. And, uh, you know, just kind of what I, when I kind of was thinking about this and kind of praying about it, I was, I felt like it was really interesting because here we have Nicodemus essentially lurking through the shadows trying to find Jesus. Um, maybe he's looking over his shoulder to see if other synagogue leaders recognize him or know what he's up to. Maybe it's taboo to talk to Jesus. Um, you know, and there's probably some conflict going on in his mind right now, because here he has everything and anything he's ever known, and then here he has Jesus, and Jesus is this guy who's just stirring up a bunch of trouble, doing wonderful, miraculous things, and Nicodemus is thinking about this, and there comes a conflict because he has something new and the old, and they're they're battling and. Uh, so, I don't know, I just, and then I thought the night was different, because he's like, I want to look more into this, but nobody else can know. I want to keep this on the DL, because then if I'm wrong, can throw it under the rug. So, I found that interesting.
0: Yeah, that's great, Ben. What about for you, mm-hmm. Shalina?
1: Yeah, the situation with Nicodemus, definitely um, the picture of it, and I don't know how many of you watch The Chosen. Let's see. I know there's a lot that that really loved it, and I would say of all of The Chosen, it was the scenes with Nicodemus that were the most compelling to me, the most moving. Um, There was just, you see in in this man who's wanting to seek after God, there's curiosity and this longing and this knowing that there's something about Jesus that's different, but you just see this conflict inside of him. And ultimately, I remember the moment where he walks away and he doesn't actually, in the, in the show anyways, and he walks away and he doesn't step into the light. He doesn't um, in that moment. And just the pain in that. So the whole situation with Nicodemus, um, the idea of being born again, of course, just kind of sits there. It's something I've, the word I've heard from the moment I was born, really, is about being, I need to be born again. Um, and I know that was resonating in our community as well, that question was stirring. And then the other word, especially today, as we just read it, is con- condemnation. And so we hear it in the NIV, um, the message presents it differently, but just the harshness of that. Condemnation, condemnation. And how sometimes I think, once we hear the word condemnation, it's kind of like, ugh, oh, uh, we feel that. And, and the rest of, the, of what is being said there kind of gets lost because we're just stuck with this condemnation piece. You're condemned if you're not in the light, and um, even if Jesus came to not condemn you, we kind of miss that part, right? What does it say where we're uh, in the message that he didn't come to point a finger at us, right? He didn't come all the way to earth in in child form, in human form, to point a finger and to accuse us. So, Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, I think for me as well, there was something about the setting... When? You remember that it's at night. And so Nicodemus has a lot at stake for coming to talk to Jesus. I mean, this rabbi, this teacher of Israel, who's been appointed as a teacher of Israel, and that just meant that Jesus had been given authority by ruling councils, whatever else, to give his interpretation of God's law to the people. That's what rabbis did, and they would travel around, and they would teach about what God's life, the kingdom of God, was really like. And so Jesus is not only teaching those things, he's performing miracles, and like Ben said, it's stirring up all these things. And to come to Jesus as a religious leader carried enormous risk. And so, yeah, you have Nicodemus coming at night, and one of the readings I did this week, it's, you have uh, Nicodemus creeping through the shadows, coming up to Jesus, maybe tapping him on the shoulder, and then whispering in the night this, hey, I'm thinking I know who you are. And Jesus, how he turns to Nicodemus, and the whole conversation happens in the shadows. Oftentimes you don't remember, like this is happening in the dark, in whispered conversation. And now Jesus just stays right there with Nicodemus and even ends the text by talking about light and dark. And when you get that setting that Jesus is with Nicodemus in the darkness, not saying, hey, I'm gonna force you into the light. Instead, it's really this, I'm gonna invite you into the light if you'd like to come. I'm right here with you in the darkness. There's a better way of doing this. We can come into the light. And yet Nicodemus resists. And so that's what really stood out for me is this idea that Jesus was present with Nicodemus in the darkness and stayed there with him, inviting him into the light of life, waiting for Nicodemus to decide. And I think that's one of those realities of the kingdom. That Jesus is never about coercion. He's never about force. He's about consent and about allowing the invitations of the kingdom to draw people to the light. And that sounds like really good news to me this week, that whatever darkness we may be in, Jesus is with us in that darkness, and yet calling us to the light of life, waiting for us to respond to the invitations of a better life. That's found in Jesus. So that's one of those things that stood yeah. out for me.
1: For, for me, there was something really beautiful about reading this passage and really sitting with the context because um, growing up in the church, I would say that I, when I really looked at it, I probably memorized half this scripture before at different points in, in Sunday school and all of that. And so a lot of our theology, the, a lot of the things we talk about comes from this passage. The ideas of of being born again and and other things, but to set it in the context of Jesus was not, you know, he he was saying this to us here and now, but at the time, he was talking to Nicodemus. He was talking about a higher reality, um, something that, you know, isn't on the surface, and he was inviting Nicodemus into that reality, right? And that reality is for us as well, but it was interesting to put in that story.
0: Yep, for sure. So we move to meaning now, and... Yes, you read this chapter. We even did this as a staff this week. Um, Jesus is a little coy in this passage. I mean, Nicodemus comes with a statement, and Jesus answers like he's been asked a question, and then there's wind, and there's water, and there's birth, and there's love, and and there's all this stuff going all through the text, but there's some meaning that I think Jesus is wanting to pull out of the text for us today. So for you, Ben, as you sat in this text this week, what was the if you're kind of coming into the meaning of what what is this meaning for you what is this meaning for this community right now what did you see in the text yeah oh man there's like
2: <clears throat> so much i think you could just from this text alone you could man go so many different directions with it so that was one of the problems actually as i was like reading this i was like there's like so many different things i don't know where to go what's jesus saying what's ben saying um but as i looked more into it uh as I took some more time, I, I just felt that what I see in this passage, if there's like an overarching kind of like thread running throughout the whole thing, um, it's an opportunity to, to partner with Jesus, um, is what I saw. Uh, Jesus is inviting us out of the darkness that we live in uh, to come into the light with him. Um, so like even with uh, like Nicodemus, like he could have just, you know... Um, given Nicodemus a short answer and let him go on his way, but he still converses with him, invites him in. And through all that, through what, he've, what he said, um, like even uh, 317, he didn't come to condemn the world, but to save it. Like Jesus himself, he didn't have to come and, and, and be human and die for us if he didn't want to help, if he didn't want to partner with us, but he does. Um, he did back then, he still does now. And uh, yeah, that, that really... It stuck out to me.
0: I think that partner idea is is so important, isn't it? When we often, sometimes we get caught in that thinking that God's up to something, and I'm up to something, and every so often there may be an intersection between what God's doing and I'm doing, but you know what you said, Ben, Jesus is doing things, and the invitation is into full partnership with him. He's doing the saving. We're responding to that saving. We're then being reborn in the Spirit, and all of that is happening in that relational partnership. Way less of a kind of a transaction, a spiritual transaction, and way more of a spiritual partnership that isn't just that one-time event, right? It's not just, well, I I prayed a prayer, therefore I'm born again. Jesus seems to be saying more about a lifelong partnership in the Spirit. Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: I I saw, um, especially because I sat so much with last week's scripture, and really what that came down to was that in this small amount of faith, in this small amount of turning to Jesus, Jesus responds back to us with full healing, full salvation. And so actually that theme kind of just sat with me through this passage as well, that Jesus is just asking, inviting for that small bit of faith, that turning, that believing. And then he wants to come in with full healing. And we see that, I mean, the the snake being lifted up, that's a whole, it's got lots of background too, but there is this, um, at the heart of it, that our salvation is, is not just being saved from something, there's being saved to something, and that is to full life, and that's to healing, um, and so that, there was that part of it for me, and then again with, um, the Nicodemus part, uh, someone, someone wrote in, like, the darkness can feel fun, exciting, easy, and oftentimes safe, and, um, his, thought was basically that the invitation is to be to be brought into the light and allow it to illuminate and and burn away our darkness and so for me the the two things that came and it was in the message the wording of the message was procrastinating with questions and being addicted to denial and illusion and so those questions really sat with me throughout the week where am i being stubborn in darkness? Where has Jesus already invited me? And then I'm, and I already know, and yet I'm like, okay, Jesus, you need to tell me more. I'm not ready to believe yet, or I'm not ready to move into the light yet, so I'm just going to procrastinate with more questions, where Jesus has already said, hey, I have healing for you. You just need to receive it. So I wrestled with that, and there were a couple even moments this week, it came out in different ways in which the Spirit Invited me into more healing, and I had to let go of my stubborn love of darkness to be able to walk into that healing.
0: Yeah, what about you so, weighed? Yeah, that's so great. I think um, I I I too came back to the born again phrase a lot. Uh, born in the 70s and raised in the Evangelical Church of Western Canada, I mean, born again was the word, right? Like you were either born you were a born againer or you weren't, and it kind of meant that you had prayed a prayer to receive salvation at some point. And that started something new in you, so you get to go to heaven someday, or you didn't. So there's the born again, and even other Christians, they could say they were a Christian, but it wasn't real unless you were born again. And everyone had to know what the born again part meant. So there's some of my own history in there about understanding, like, what is the salvation work of God? What are we not only being saved from, but saved to? And so the meaning for for me in this text was coming back to the idea of born again, and I love the idea that Jesus used a phrase that's really hard to translate. And it was actually hard for Nicodemus to understand. Because there's two meanings that kind of come in the Greek word that's used there for born again. It could be born again or born from above, whatever else. And depending on your context, you're either talking about something that's physical or something that's spiritual. Born again or born from above. And so when Nicodemus comes and he presents to Jesus this, hey, we think you're someone special, we think that there's more going on with you, in God's kingdom than just a regular teacher. And Jesus responds to the statement, which wasn't a question, with this phrase, very truly I tell you, no one can see the kingdom of God unless they're born again. And now Jesus is waiting. Will Nicodemus go down the, oh, he's talking about a physical birth? Or is he going to go down the term which can also mean a born from above, a spiritual birth? And I guess it was so fascinating to me as I think about someone like Nicodemus, most of their life and their value was based on their physical birth. I mean, to be a child of Abraham as a Jewish person said everything about you. That you could point to what tribe you're from, what group you're from, and that shaped your identity. And so, of course, Nicodemus goes right into the, whoa, 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 I don't want to do the born-again thing physically. I had a good birth. I was born a, a child of Abraham. That's positioned me well with God. And yet Jesus says, you know, it's not your physical birth that matters. Because Jesus now moves it into spiritual reality and says, there is a way of being born again, that you actually need to be saved from yourself, saved from the power of sin, that has nothing to do with where or by whom you were physically born. And Jesus moves the conversation into spiritual reality. Nicodemus wanted to hang out in kind of the physical reality of, can you just affirm that I'm okay, because I was born in the right place by the right parents, I kind of won the birth lottery in that regard. And Jesus says, that's not what we're talking about. We're going to expand the idea of the kingdom. And then unless you believe in me, Jesus says, and that word belief is that word, unless you come to trust me, unless you put the hopes and fears of your life into me and say, Jesus, now I'm going to follow in your way, you will remain in the darkness and your physical birth will not save you. And so I kept coming back to that idea that born again is not just about saying a forgiveness prayer, and getting our future reality so it's heaven instead of hell secured. That's not the whole story. The whole story is about the continual birth of God's Spirit in us happening again. We are being born again every single moment of every single day as we submit to the way of the Spirit. And what leads us away from condemnation and darkness isn't a one-time prayer. What leads us away from condemnation and darkness is continually, continually living into the dynamic of the Spirit that's always calling us into the light. And so that was the meaning for me. It was this idea that to, to move out of that just intensity of focus on a physical reality and move our vision to a spiritual reality where being saved is something that's happening constantly for the follower of Jesus. Because, I don't know, I need saving for me all the time. Like, constantly. And that's Jesus' grace to us. To pull us from the darkness into the light so we are being reborn in Christ and being made new every single moment, and that's why I think being born again is really good news. At least that's what I think.
1: I also love, I mean, this, the good news of, and it's something that gets worked out in the early church, and so we touched on in our Acts series, but it's the opening of this spiritual life, this full life, to not just the Jewish people. It's it, it, he hasn't. It, we haven't got to all the implications of it and how that's happening, but Jesus is foreshadowing. He's speaking into this reality that God loved the whole world and came for the whole world, not just for the Jewish people. And so you can understand why some of the Jewish leaders, if they're getting those undertones, they're like, what's going on? Because uh, God came for his chosen people, and we are his chosen people by birth. And so now Jesus is just blowing open everything, and saying, no, everyone can be born again. Everyone can be born of the Spirit, born from above, and have that full life. So it's good news.
0: It is good news. Uh, When it comes to what we're supposed to do in response, you know, that's one of the questions that we sit with as part of our Lectio. Uh, For you, Ben, what was the, okay, Jesus, what's the invitation for, what did you hear?
2: Yeah, um, I think, honestly, what you touched on, the continual stepping into the newness uh into the light into life with him to be born again not just one time not like a physical birth but uh but but a daily thing um because yeah as i was thinking about it like even stepping from the darkness to the light like when we think of darkness um we usually think it's bad right and it is and people ask oh do you prefer darkness or light people probably tell you light um but the reality is like a lot of us end up liking the darkness we like like it because it's comfortable we like it because it's safe and um and uh, yeah just as i thought about it i was like okay like stepping into the light is scary it's a risk stepping into the light of jesus doing that day after day continually um it's scary and it's a big ask because When you're in the darkness if there's parts of you that you don't like that you don't want other people to see um you can hide it the darkness covers that right just like nicodemus was hiding in the dark and it's kind of cool um parallel but um just nicodemus was hiding in the dark because he didn't want people to see him jesus is asking us to step out of that place of comfort and into light which which is a big risk um but it's also the only way to to true goodness and and day after day so Stuff. And, Thank yeah.
1: you. and then the end of the NIV says, like, when we do step into the light, then it's it's for others, so that others can see plainly the light, right? And so there's this, um, we get to step into the light, and then others get to see it. And so there's this beautiful, beautiful call there. Uh, one of the people who wrote in talked about that, Ben, uh, about this, you know, loving darkness. And she said, how often do we purposely ignore the clear words of Jesus when we choose to complain be jealous, be anxious, etc. We We choose to stay in the darkness so we can continue justifying that it's okay, that, that we don't need anything else. And so we do, do this, we have this stubborn streak in us. And um, one of the meanings for me, I, I forgot about it, but then I remembered during my seminary, I had written a paper about the whole snake thing and um, the Moses story. And you can read more more about that yourself. Um, If you'd like to, it's really interesting. It's in Numbers 21. But one of the things that I wrote, um, while a snake bites, so that's the, basically Israel was mumbling and grumbling and complaining as well. They were loving their darkness. And so there are these snakes that come and are biting them. And then uh, Moses goes and intercedes and God says, hey, do this. And if your people look to this snake uh, that's lifted up, then they'll be healed. So I had written, while a snake bite inflicts initial pain, suffering grows over time. While the immediate impact of sin may seem minor, suffering and consequences grow over time. Left untreated, both poisons lead to death. And so I think there is this piece of, as we stay in the darkness, there is this um, pain and suffering that actually grows in us. And Jesus has provided a way for our healing so that we can come out of that place of darkness, and we only need to look to him. And so again, yeah, following from my, my week, I just saw him be faithful to that time and time again, that every time I found myself kind of locked in that space of, I'm hurt, I'm wounded, I'm sad, I'm depressed, I'm anxious, and Jesus would be like, look to me, look to me, and I would find healing. And so I think that's the thing that we get to do. It's not we have to do, we get to do. Jesus came because he loved us and wants us to have our healing.
0: Yeah, and I think for me, the, the invitation to a response is in the word believe. And that just, that means more than, um, like, to believe Jesus. Just believe in me and you'll have eternal life. Um, to believe him when he is lifted up, we, we look on Jesus uh, to be saved. And, uh, you know, that word believe is, is more than believe things about Jesus, like a historical figure. It means really to trust Jesus with everything I am and everything I have. So you think of all the things we put our trust in, whether it's in ourselves or in a system or uh, in a political party or in economics or in our job or whatever else. All these things in our lives call for us to put our trust in them. And salvation in the Scripture means that we're forsaking all other trusting in order to trust Jesus for everything. And the Bible teaches us that the biggest problem that we have to overcome is not economic, political, educational, or anything else like that. The biggest problem we have is a disease called sin. And sin moves us away from the life that God has for us, the best life that God has for us. And that we need healing, like Shalina was mentioning, we need healing from the disease of sin that separates us from God. And that doesn't happen. That belief isn't just a one-time thing. It's back to that idea that every single moment of every single day, am I trusting Jesus instead of someone or something else? Is that where my trust is? And as long as I'm trusting Jesus, then he is delivering me, he is saving me, he's rebirthing me in the way of the Spirit. And so maybe just in the last minute here, um, you know, over the last number of weeks, um, we've seen lots of folks uh, be part of Stony Plain Alliance that haven't been before. Uh, So we don't even know where people are at physically, let alone spiritually. But just let me say this. um, Wherever you are in your spiritual journey. You might be part of this church or joining us online or whatever else, and you're just wondering about the claims of Jesus. You're just wondering, who might this Jesus be? You showed up to church for a reason, but you're not at the belief and trust part yet. From me, can I just say, you're still in the right place, and we're so glad you're here. You're investigating what it means to move into the light and find life in Jesus, because that's what Stony Plain Alliance is all about. We're about fullness of life by practicing the way of Jesus together. And we want you to be part of that. Or maybe you've been following Jesus for a long time. There are still opportunities to trust Jesus and be saved from the things that are destroying us. And so that invitation is open. Matt will say it again at the end, but one of the great gifts that we have in this church is people who are gifted in prayer. And we want to offer that to you this morning. Whether it's for the first time or the hundredth time or whatever else, if this is a day that you want to say, I don't want sin to be the dominant force in my life anymore. I don't want to be addicted to the darkness. I actually want to move into the light of life and be delivered from the things that are condemning me. Then this is an opportunity to be prayed for today and just say, I want to trust Jesus with everything. And we have people that will pray for you and have you get that sense that you have been born again, 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 again in the life and light of Jesus. And that's one of the meanings for me is we can trust Jesus today. He's trustworthy and he's really, really good and he loves us, and he's for us.
1: Wade, I'd like to just reread that little section um, from the message just to for anyone feeling like you're in that space. This is the word of the Lord to you. This is how much God loved the world. This is how much God loved you. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why, so that no one needs to be destroyed. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. This is the truth for you this morning.
0: Amen. There is one more question. Maybe you can take that into your week about what is this teaching us about God. We have another text coming up. uh, But that is really uh, what we want to do is continue to soak together in these questions. But I'm going to pray, and then Ben is going to lead us uh, in communion. So if you haven't gone to the table yet and received the elements, if you're at home and you'd like to get a piece of bread, some wine, or some juice, Uh, Ben's going to lead us in the table in just a moment, but I'm going to ask us to pause and just in some quietness respond and reflect on what the Spirit has said to us today. And so let's take this quiet time. Sometimes silence can be Little disconcerting or uncomfortable, we're getting used to it as a church, we're practicing it. So, we're going to take this moment to be quiet again and simply have this question on your heart and bring this before Jesus again, wherever you are in your spiritual journey. You can ask Jesus this question, he'll speak to you. It's simply this Jesus, how is it you'd have me respond to what I've heard today? So, he's calling us, there's an invitation somewhere in this for you. So, let's just pause. And take a moment to ask that question in your heart to God. What is the response you're asking of me? And let's just sit with that for just a moment. And Jesus, we love that you're so faithful to speak and that you're going to keep speaking. And we never, ever, ever have to be afraid of your voice. Thank you for the peace and love and goodness that you're pouring out on your people here today. Thanks for the truth of your word and the empowerment of your spirit. Thanks that we can come to the table, which is not a table of condemnation, but is a table of mercy. As we come here together, Jesus, we want to reiterate that it's you we trust. It's you we're looking to for our salvation. It's you we're looking to for deliverance. It's you that we look to for our healing. Mm -hmm. And so whatever is in us, that whether it's a spirit of pride or fear, or whatever else it's resisting, even being asked to to go to someone and say, would you pray for me? We pray that wall would come down and that in humility and kindness towards one another in how we pray in the next few moments, uh, freedom and new life would emerge in this body today. Mm -hmm. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thank you for tuning in to our podcast today. To discover more about Stony Plain Alliance Church and its ministries, visit our website at SPAConline.com.
2: Grace and peace.